Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>Super Pod Hero Cast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Patreon bonus best of sci fi. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we watched, and we watched Moon. Moon. Moon, directed by David Bowie's son. I'm oh. so glad I get to see that. <laughs> Audience, I'm so sad I, you didn't, but I'm pretty sure Todd just had a mini I, I did. I did because I'm like, did I see Duncan that Jones, anywhere? Yeah. No. yeah, Duncan Jones. He also directed Warcraft. Oh, I've got his uh, pedigree. I did not realize that's David Bowie's son. How is that? Because yeah, David Bowie's real name is Davy Jones. What the fuck? The only child of English singer, songwriter, and musician David Bowie and his first wife. What the? Lead with that. They buried the lead on the wiki page. Son of a bitch. <laughs> totally didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're watching Moon. Or we watched Moon. Moon. Like, we watched Moon. Um, like we said during the worst sci-fi, this is something that both of us had caught a little bit of, gotten a little sleepy, walked away from. I'm so glad this is what we watched. This was really fucking good. Yeah, and, and it's good in a way. And again, I think it's important to, to, to make this point, right? We are not saying that this is the best sci-fi movie ever. But this is one of the best representations yeah. of true sci-fi. Yeah, this is when sci-fi is great, this is what it looks like. This is and representative this is, of that. This is not hard sci-fi because it's not like deep, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely science fiction. Science is the main uh, uh it much like the Martian, science is the villain. So so that's a fair statement. Uh, you know, I was thinking as I was watching this that um this to me f- Fits a very familiar face. So I grew up reading sci-fi. My all-time sure. favorite science fiction author, in my opinion, the, the greatest sci-fi author ever, Robert Heinlein. A lot of okay. people will point to Isaac Asimov, 
who was a very prolific sure. writer who wrote <laughs> about a shit ton of stuff, not just sci-fi. Um, and Asimov's a great writer. I, I've read a lot of his stuff, um, certainly all of the, the you know, iRobot and all of those, mm-hmm. that fiction. Um, and it's good. But f- when I think about Isaac Asimov, I think about science as the centerpiece of the story. Yep. What I love about Heinlein, and I actually think this movie does it really well, Heinlein's movies all had science and had a science fiction uh, feel in setting and fit and everything. But science was never the 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 center of the story. It was always about people. Sure, it's humanity yes. in the end, but yes. but there's no but there's no there's no alien attack. Yeah. There's no sure. we discover moon monsters it, anything like that. It is it is science that Sam Rockwell is up against yeah, it, the entire movie. It's that question of you know what does humanity do when faced with these kinds of different changes, like the ability? Spoiler. So so we should say right now, if you haven't watched the movie, don't keep listening. Stop right here. Yep. Pause. Okay. Welcome back. back. Yeah. Or, you know, except that your funeral, he's a clone. And, and how would, what would that do to humanity? Like, how would we feel? How would a clone feel? It's, it's a it's a brilliant idea to explore, and it's done so well here. It's it's done really well. Uh, Isaac Ab- Asimov made me think. D- Gertie breaks one of the rules of robotics, the robot laws, um, or whatever they're called. The, they have the, a name. The three I, laws of robotics. Three ro- law. He lets Sam hurt himself through his actions by letting him know he's a clone. Uh. Um, yeah. I, it, so you're talking about the three, law, the feel, three laws. Of, I think he breaks well, it. I, think. I don't know that they ever extended to psychological harm. No, physical harm. He's the one who pushes each Sam to pretty much go with incinerate himself. That's what I got from that. Hmm. It's not. It doesn't seem like it's the first time that Gertie has given that much information to a Sam. Um. That's all speculation. We don't. I don't think we have any evidence to support that. I'm. A, we don't have evidence that disproves it. But yeah, I, no, I mean, it just. Gert, I mean, it is voiced by Kevin yeah. Spacey. So a <laughs> little bit of a monster. Okay, listen. Uh, we're I, a I feel lot like, of bit of a monster. I feel like that's true. I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we got some business. We are. To do. Let's. Yeah. So, since we guys are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? Well, we're not drinking beer tonight. We're not. Went in a different direction as. Most of our best beverages come to us from Branching Out Bottle Shop in Township 5 in the greater Syracuse, New York area here. Uh, went in there today to grab our beer, and it's always the movies where you expect, like, oh, I got a bunch of things we could work off of. We got the moon, we got clones, we got mining, we've got evil corporations, you know, we got helium, helium all these things. Uh, no, none of that. Um, but found a, found a beverage, a hard cider from a local brewery so uh we're drinking a uh, a beverage from crits farms brewing and cider company uh they're really close to us so um mm-hmm. right down the road in casanova yeah. yeah uh their story is they are a family-owned business that was established in 1985 as apple growers they established the harvest moon cidery in 2011 when they decided to produce hard cider in 2015 they started a farm brewery as well in the crits farm Brewing and Cider Company was born. So uh, not a whole lot of subtlety in our in our selection this evening, but we will be drinking Blueberry Moon, their hard cider with blueberry, 
and it is... Have you ever had this? Uh, I have not. I've had some of their other Crits Farms because 315 has them as a guest mm-hmm. tap all the time. I have this. I've had this before, and it is delicious. Well, let's uh, let's see what they say about it. Semi-sweet blend of hard <laughs> cider with blueberry juice, subtle fruitiness, lightly carbonated. They say, all right. savor the sweet, juicy summer pleasures of blueberries. Inspired by July's full moon over the blueberry fields, this lightly carbonated blend of hard cider and blueberry juice has a sweet, subtle fruitiness and refreshing finish. Enjoy a taste of summer all year through. Now, their Blueberry Moon has earned the following medals, the Double Gold Medal and Best in Class 2014 Riverside International Wine Competition, Bronze Medal 2013 International Eastern Wine Competition. So I'm uh, excited yeah. to drink this one. All right. I'm using I'm way ahead of you. I'm using yeah, I'm using a throwback glass because these are the traditional twelve ounce cans. So our, oh, yeah? our very oh. our very first uh glass here. And I got our our makeshift yeah, new glass. That's right. Oh, it's a five and a half alcohol five and a half percent alcohol by volume. So pretty, pretty easy. Pretty easy. And uh cheers, buddy. Hey, cheers. Closing episode of this Patreon season. Holy cow. Closing episode. We did it. You really taste the blueberry right up front. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. I I love hard cider. Hard ciders, yeah. And I, I like hard cider that isn't like um, underground dwelling rodent that I won't name the name of, but you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like that one, um, but I, but I, it's a little too sweet. For yeah, my taste. that's true. I, I prefer the one there's one of them is more tart and I like that one. Yeah. They used the to have green, one it's that the they, green label. They have that, but then they also, they used to do one that was simply called fall hmm. and it was so delicious. It had cinnamon Ooh. and, it almost tasted like you were drinking a cold mulled cider, but in a good yeah. way. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It was so good. They had it one year, and then the next year it was fall something else. It had another word, and we got it. We're like, all right, fall. Woohoo. We clinked and drank. And I was like, oh, no. The hell is yeah, this? Unfortunate. Well, this is, this is woodchuck piss. This is the, uh, the first time I've had their blueberry moon cider. I've had, it might be a raspberry cider that 315 mm-hmm. often has. I've had that. Um, but I've had some of Crits Farms beers as well. I think they do a they do a stout that's really good. But boy, this Ooh. is a good. We might have to make the trip down there. That's not too far away. No, it's not. Well, that's a delightful beer to close out our Patreon. It's, and it's right in. If you know Casanova, mm-hmm. it's right on the outskirts of it. So it's oh yeah, really yeah. not that hard to get to. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're talking about. Well, okay. that is awesome. Or, All right, uh, there was no almost cast. So I'll just, uh, I mean, literally it said that uh, Duncan Jones wrote this part with Sam Rockwell in mind. And it shows, yeah. like, there are parts in this movie where I, where I was like, no one else could have done this scene to the perfection that Sam uh, Rockwell does. In full disclosure, I love Sam Rockwell. He's a wonderful oh, yeah. actor, right? How could you not? <laughs> so good. Um, you mentioned Duncan Jones, son of uh, uh, David Bowie. Uh, you also mentioned... Warcraft, which he also wrote. He also wrote and directed the movie Mute, which was a Mm -hmm. quasi-sequel to this, which was less about this character or storyline and more about sitting in the same world. Does it, is it like, 
explain what happens. I don't. When I think it's more about. It's almost like um, I, I, here's this world setting, and I'm telling stories within it. So it's like Black Mirror. I think so. Where they're all in kind of the sure, same world. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I might have to check that um, out. So Mute was it was start that start. It came out on Netflix. It what didn't get good reception. It's about uh, Alexander Skarsgård is mute and he's like a bartender or something. Right. Yeah. Isn't it a series or? Is I it thought just a it was movie? a series. It was a movie. They they okay. marketed it like it. It looked like a series if you watched the trailer. Sure. Um, he also wrote. I'm sorry, not wrote. He also directed Source Code, which was Jake Gyllenhaal with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this was actually his first feature film. Um, the but he's credited with the story of this. The screenplay credit goes to Nathan Parker, and I'll I'll give you the other movies. I, I had to look all of them up. Blitz equals two twenty two and our house. Our yeah, house it's a horror. It's filled with lots of blood. Yeah. Right? You said it's a horror, it's a horror movie. movie. Um, right. You know what I think is interesting about this movie? And I think it's an interesting choice to say this is representative of what great sci-fi can be. Because this mm-hmm. is not a, it's not a space opera epic. There's no massive like sets. You don't have the Hawkman flying in or the destruction of the Death Star. Um this right. movie, you know what the move the budget was for this movie? Like five, five million, million, I'm sure. Dollars. Yeah. Really? Yes. Right on? Yeah, right on. Um I'm getting better at this. Really good. Yeah, you should do a <laughs> podcast or something. But he uh you know, he he did some really creative things to keep the the cost down. They shot in studio. Mm-hmm. They reused sets from a British show called Red Giant or Red Dwarf. Oh yeah, Red, Red Giant. Giant. Red Dwarf, yeah. That's no Red Dwarf. It's um Simon Pegg. Oh, okay. So the Oh wait, he was on it, but yeah, it's like a comedy. So the when they go down when they find the hidden room beneath the incinerator, mm-hmm. that tunnel was uh from Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. And then yeah. the I think his bunk area that was from Red Dwarf as well. So he reused some sets, shot on sound sure. stages. Rather than CGI, they did models. So uh-huh. all that stuff is models. Um but it's a. Re- That's why it still looks good. It, it models are always going to survive the up. Uh, scale. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's such a great example of you don't need you know eighty million dollars worth of CGI to tell a good story. A good story is a good story, and this is a good story. Probably most of the uh, a lot of that budget was doing the split screen, which they did mm. geniusly by like. Excuse me. Anytime. Both I, I, I refer to them in my notes as um, BHS, Burnt Hand Sam, and what did I call the other Sam? Oh, Agro Sam. Yes. Okay, so I mine mine is in order of appearance, Sam one and Sam two. So okay. Sam one is Burnt Hand Sand. <laughs> Sam. Burnt Hand Sam. Yeah. Uh, and then at, at some point I'm like, oh, there's a Sam three. So uh I didn't give yeah, him a name because he wasn't awake. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not important. He doesn't yeah, do yeah. anything. <laughs> um, um, but the whole um, uh, every time there was a split screen of the two of them. In the, did you notice that? Like, I'm going to do it with the camera. Let's say this will translate. Here's well one to the Sam. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and here's the other. And, and here's the other Sam. Yeah. There would be like this in between them. There'd be like a bar mm-hmm. or a tubing to make the split screen work really well. And the, uh, um. 
there was a double for any of the yeah, interactions the, they yeah, had. Yeah, the the fight scene. I saw that there was a. Uh, I didn't get his name, but I saw there was a credit for Sam Sam Clone. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, Which I'm like, wait. Well, I guess it makes sense because he probably played both throughout the film. Sure, uh, Robin Chalk, Sam Bell Clone. Um, do we know him from other stuff? Eight credits as an actor, and this is the only feature film. Video game credits, okay. short credits, um, but is he a motion capture guy? Uh, no, because he's got the physicality that um, no that Sam Rockwell has down really well. He, Sam has a Sam Rockwell has a really specific way of moving his entire body. Yeah. I think whoever played the double was like. <laughs> Really studied Sam. I would, if I was Sam Rockwell and I watched this for the first time, I'd be like, I think I have a word with him. I don't know how he got this down so well. This is creepy. Yeah, it, it, you know, it never, it never doesn't work. Right? No, it never does. There's never a moment where I'm like, mm, oh, that uh, takes me out and of Because he's story. smart yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. He's smart about it. I think this might be one where we, not because we didn't like the movie, because I'm going to say right now, go watch this movie. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's an hour and a half. Yeah, well, I don't it's, think we need to go scene by scene, but I think I think maybe just explain the whole plot and then we can talk about what we liked in yeah, each, each part of I, it. I want to talk. There's some. I think like good sci-fi often does. It doesn't give you every answer, so it leaves room uh-huh. for you to question oh, and wonder. I've got some this, questions. This literally leaves with uh, three big questions. At sure, the end. sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So. Um, so we find out in the oh, beginning. Wait, yeah. Oh, wait. Well, yeah, you <laughs> okay, got some right, other stuff. Sorry. Okay, hold on. Hold your horses. So, I'm so excited to talk about this amazing uh, movie. Yeah, especially after the, the run of shit movies we've had, right? Like half of this I, season. Like at the end of it, I, I I believe I let out like a sigh of just relief and contentment. I'm like, I didn't make that a good in movie. any way. Um, okay. So $5 million budget, box office worldwide, $9.8 mm-hmm. million. So, you know, on a very modest Almost double. budget. Yeah. yeah, doubles its money. That's not bad. Um, do you want to make a crack at the IMDb score? Well, we recorded two days ago. I'm not sure if you remember. I, <laughs> Brain dump. I <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> uh, 7.9, which. Wow. I, I, I guess I did. Cause I was like, I think it's like 7.9. Oh, way, way low. low. Yeah. Criminally. Yeah, cl- clearly. Low. Clearly. Okay. And it's, I, I'm going to guess it's people who don't understand this, this, um, sub genre of sci-fi. A hundred percent. I think they were like, where the aliens? Where the aliens? Where's the, the explosions? Yeah. yeah. Where's, Where's the, the laser, laser swords? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laser swords. All right. So with that, I think there's nothing left to do, but... I think roll the film. We open. It's 2035. Yep. We get this kind of, like we talked about in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the easiest way to give exposition without it feeling exposition is to just do like a newsreel. Yeah. So it's someone being like... There was a time when energy was a dirty word. When turning on your lights was a hard choice. Cities in brownout, food shortages, cars burning fuel to run. Interestingly, this is, uh, in my opinion, an even smarter take on it because it's, it's like a, it's like an info. Commercial it's a commercial. Oh, it's it, it's straight up a commercial. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but basically, says we've moved past. Right that. now, we're at the largest producer of fusion energy in the world, the energy of the sun trapped in rock, harvested by machine from the far side of the moon. Today, we deliver enough clean-burning helium-3 to supply the energy needs of nearly 70% of the planet. Which is an actual thing and has been speculated it could be used as a fuel in a different kind of fusion reactor 
than what you read about today. So right. today when we talk about fusion, we mean heavy hydrogen, which is uh, deuterium, has an extra mm-hmm. neutron. Uh, at a much higher temperature, you can cause helium to fuse in a similar reaction, higher energy output, takes a lot more energy to get there. That would use helium-3. It's used today in other uses. Um, I think it's used in in um, MRIs. There's some other current uses today, but it's also very much real science. This could be someday a future. And at the close of all this, we see this is a commercial for Lunar Industries Limited. The power of the moon. The power of our future. Sam's in a three-year contract on the moon alone. And one of the things I'm glad Duncan just kinds of, kind of... Uh, Hints at, but never really like uh, the movie Insomnia. Didn't the, see it. the only the only Chris Nolan movie that wasn't written by Chris Nolan and oh. it shows. Oh. It's all about they go to solve this murder up in. Is um, that the one with Robin Williams? No. Yeah. Al Pacino, Robin Williams, both of them. I think both of them. I think I you're think, right. Yeah. Okay. But it's up in the part of uh, Alaska that is light the entire for for like oh, thirty for all days. Summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where Sam is. It's always daytime. There's a light side and then there's a dark side of the moon. There's no that's a that's a myth, uh, a misnomer. So there's a side of it. So we only see one face of the moon. Oh well, I guess he would get it when the moon goes through its phases, right? Yeah, yeah. So even though we only see one side of the moon, um, Mm -hmm. the far side is what we call the dark side of the moon, it right. it gets sun, you know, based on where it is in relation to the Earth. So you're telling me the science in Superman for the quest for peace is not sound? Um, I'm, I might have to suggest that that's uh, <laughs> incorrect. Well, it, re- regardless of that, it's still going to fuck up his circadian rhythm. Like, he's going to be fucked by getting these intermittent times of light. I mean, when we meet Sam who is two weeks away from his end of his three-year mission, Yep, he's gone a little insane. Yeah, I mean, I think that's more a function of the isolation. Well, it's. I think a little bit of column A, a little bit of column okay. B. Okay, oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's totally fair. You know, he's got the long hair and the big beard. Yeah. And he's just not really taking care of himself, except for running, which was interesting that... Like yeah. that's the thing he's going to keep up. Yeah. And again, very much grounded in science. Every astronaut's on the space station. They are required to do physical activity to protect bone density and muscle mass and stuff. So right. what's the what's the gravity difference between us and the moon? The I can't moon is one sixth Earth's gravity. One sixth. Yeah. So he so jogging on the moon must be a fucking breeze. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, a number of authors, Heinlein included, start to talk about what that would look like, how you would have to move on the moon. And many mm-hmm. of them suggest that it wouldn't be the the bounding that we think of with running. It would be more like shuffling. Because if you're doing those... To be able to do that, yeah. yeah. If, you're do, if you're propelling yourself up at one-sixth gravity, you're taking these massive strat, you know. It also seemed like his base had artificial gravity. Because when he went out in the in the lunar module or the rover and all that mm-hmm. stuff, he moved more like you would on the moon, you know. But when he was inside the base, it- yeah, and that's a problem. I mean, that's one of those things you can't poke at. You can achieve artificial gravity on a space station by spinning, right? So that's acceleration. Mm-hmm. That does that, but on the surface of the moon, you don't have any way to do that. Yeah, it's the most like Star Trek, Star Wars this movie gets. And yeah, artificial gravity is turned on and off. Exactly. Now, to this movie's credit, 
They don't give us false science. They just never address that. It's never like, oh, the artificial gravity is breaking down, blah, blah, blah. Nothing like that. It's good to see that Flobies make it to the oh, to 2035. Was I was like, was that a little mock of uh, Sam's good friend, George Clooney? Oh, I don't know. What, what George Clooney apparently cuts his hair. Not apparently. He has admitted it himself with a Flobie. And G- George... Clooney. You know, the fucking arrogance of that God among men that he can cut his hair with a Floby and still be the sex symbol that he is. It's just not fair. You know, one of the things, so we'll, you know, I want to talk about what a great job storytelling that mm-hmm. occurs, the little breadcrumbs that are all there and they're, but they're all perfectly placed and none of them tip the scale until you get there. Yep. But it's, it's like, okay, but the t shirt he's wearing, uh-huh. I love it. Wake me when it's quitting time. Right. I was like, okay. And again, I the first time I think we said this on um, what did we just watch uh, Battlefield Earth? First time I watched this, mm-hmm. I think I got maybe thirty or forty minutes into it. For whatever reason, I stopped. Man, I might have been tired or whatever. But I, I remember I mm-hmm. got enough to get the strong sense that he was a clone. So now watching it again, I'm like, oh well, clearly there's clue number one is the shirt, right? Yep. Interesting that when he gets the Floby haircut, he goes back to, first of all, clean shaven and a pretty short haircut. He'd clearly gone months between those. Oh, I would say he probably hadn't had one. He probably went up on that station with the hair that we see him with the rest of the movie. And I'm wondering if uh, Gertie said to him, you know, oh, you really need to get a haircut before you go back yeah. so he matches oh, the clone. That's not a bad idea. Oh, yeah, that's... I'm thinking that's why Gertie had him get the haircut. Because he knows Sam's time, uh, Burnt Hand Sam's time is coming to an end. Yeah, but it Sam- won't matter to Burnt Hand Sam. Because he won't be there. The clone... the. New- yeah, I Sam too hasn't seen. Yeah, so I'm guessing it was done so that Sam Rockwell didn't have to have two yeah. different looks. To <laughs> didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did you recognize his wife? I did not. Is <sighs> that should I? It's Queen Maeve from the Boys. What? Oh, I totally missed that. Speaking in her natural accent of uh, my homeland of Ireland. Oh my gosh! Totally did not recognize her. Sure, because she's a redhead in the boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, the instant she popped on the screen, I'm like, it's Maeve. She's, yes, my queen. Yes. Oh, uh, she's so good. The cut in the feed. Here's something that never is explained. Obviously, yeah. Duncan is leaving it up to us, the audience members. It's got to be some sort of pivotal information that gives away when his wife, after his daughter comes in and they talk, near the end of it, she starts talking. It's her birthday next month. Cuts. I was thinking about maybe a playhouse for the garden. To something else, and there's a very clear cut, and Burnt Hand Sam notices it. I thought that was a different, but the moment when he sees like what clearly was a prior clone is that the moment you're talking about? No, not yet. That hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, and, and I'm I'm totally missing out on that cut. It's after his haircut, and he's watching a message because a breadcrumb that is laid. No live feeds can happen. It all has to be recorded message back and forth. A solar flare burnt the satellite, so it's got to operate off a relay, you know. So Sam starts hallucinating a little, and uh, one of the best jokes I thought was, um, so he's got names for all the different harvesters. Matthew, Mark, Luke, that is not working, so it has been crossed out to be Judas. 
Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Oh, that's hilarious. He still calls him Luke, but it's it's crossed, it's crossed out. out. That's it's a, hilarious. And it's written very angrily. It's like, Judas. Judas. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> that's great. You had a bad day that day. That's great. Yeah, so you mentioned Kevin Spacey is oh, Gertie. I was going to kind of just yeah. breeze by <laughs> yeah. him. Well, listen, it's. I don't think we mentioned this movie is 2009. So this is way before we knew any kind of horribleness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... We've had to take the stance on the main feed, too. We have to separate. If Kevin Spacey was cast in a superhero movie, I'd have a real hard time sure. seeing it now. Or something ridicu- ridiculous, right? Like if he was investigating sexual harassment or some sexual assault. Yeah, of course. that'd be. I mean, that would just be God. so absurd, right? Well, that tells the audience how close we recorded the last <laughs> yeah, two episodes. That's right. That's right. You know, like you can like all the old stuff of these people and just kind of be like, I didn't know. I still love The Negotiator. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a great a great, movie. That's a great movie. It's a lot of fun, yeah. You know, it's in the back of my head. Monster, 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 sure. monster. But it's not going to stop me from watching yeah. it. I will not seek out anything new since knowing he is a horrible, horrible human sure. being. And also, I think this is also fair. I think you and I share a similar perspective. We don't agree on every where each person falls. But I think we both uh-huh. agree that that is very much kind of an individual decision. And we each make our right. own independence decisions other people will make theirs. That's their decision to make. You know, I don't think we point fingers or throw stones at other people. While we're on the this, do you think that uh, the people who have to get the press junkets ready for death on the, on the Nile are just sweating fucking bullets? Because you got Army Hammer, oh, who cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> of all the fetishes or kinks to be into, like I'm not one for kink shaming, but boy, I got a hard no. time wrapping my head around cannibalism. I, I, and the, the cannibalism part, I was fine with. It's now come out that there was some sexual assault too. I was oh. like. Okay, no, I'm done now. So you like, can eat people, but you can't beat people? If it's consent. <laughs> Got it. Do okay. you know that cannibalism right. is not illegal in America? The act of cannibalism is not illegal. The Killing act of people, eating human flesh? The yeah. act of okay. eating human flesh is not illegal. It is the murder and, that surrounds it. Jeffrey Dahmer did not go to jail for cannibalism. He went to sure. jail for murder. Sure, sure, he sure. He's never even tried for cannibalism. We just knew about it and made inappropriate That's jokes about it. Interesting. Yeah. It's in a, yeah. All right. um, but you, you've got Army Hammer. You got Letitia mm-hmm. Wright, who kind oh, of right. made some so, anti mask. Dumb anti vax. Oh, was it mask or vax? Both. Or I think she both? did both. Oh, and it's just kind of like, and, you know. It's double down. Some people are mad at Gal Gadot for, you know, I don't know, crazy me defending her homeland when the when the whole insurgent was just happening. So it's just kind of like. That's, a, yeah. Uh, I mean. There's a fourth one listen. in there, too. There's a fourth person. I saw yeah. a, a still, and I was like, okay. Uh, Yikes. Pretty much not going to work in Hollywood again. Had some sticky stuff happen during the pandemic. Uh, not doing great currently. And this movie's supposed to come out in like a couple months, September. Um, Kenneth Branagh, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, Letitia Wright. Uh, is it Kenneth Branagh? No, he's no, fine. He's, he's okay, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, who else is in there? Tom Bateman, Annette Benning, Russell Brand. Well, Russell Brand's not awesome. <laughs> Rose Leslie. Uh, he, I'm a Mackie, Sophie. I uh, don't know who the other Maybe it's just a three person of them. I thought there Maybe was a just fourth. A three. Okay. Anyways, back to this movie. Gertie, the AI on the base, mm-hmm. very similar, except not as <laughs> not as evil as the AI on the ship of Wally. He's supposed to be Hal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the physical I mean it's physical unit, the one that's mm-hmm. attached to the rail yeah. on the 
yeah, Wh- the which yeah. the co-pilot in um, Wally is clearly supposed to be based off of. Yeah, these are all based on Hal. Yeah, though, hundred percent. That was one of the themes I had. You know, I mean, the the whole the difference is like good sci-fi leaves the question open of does Gertie drive the clone to incinerate itself? I don't think so, but I there's a point where it feels like you're supposed to think that Gertie's not on his side, but you know Gertie is at the end by when Gertie lets him shut himself up. Shut, Reboot it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Un- unlike Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. I actually like 2021 more than 2001. I've never seen 2021. I think it's a little more watchable. Well, 2001's rough watch. I mean, that... Yeah, yeah. We tried introducing um, Joseph to Waiting for Guffman. No way, Corky. You're not putting up with these people. And I'll tell you why I can't put up with you people. Because you're bastard people. Aubrey and I are uh, laughing our asses off. And he was like, I'm here. Can I leave? It's so sad. Yeah. Again, a movie that could not be made today. Nope, nope, nope. Gertie. There was something else I wanted to say about Gertie. And I forgot what it was. Oh, Kevin Spacey, the horrible monster <laughs> that he is, refused to do the voiceover for this until the movie was finished. Really? How stressful must that have been for Duncan Jones? Like, I, I, I could get Kevin Spacey, or yeah, I may have to do this, you know, yeah. like because he interesting. And once he saw the movie, he did it and did it in like a uh, like sure. two days. He did all his I'm, lines. Which, yeah, I, I mean, let's be honest. He's not doing any heavy lifting. Sam Rockwell. I hope got twice the salary because he's he's crushing it. Yeah. Right, every scene he's, from the point Sam two wakes up, every scene he ascend almost he's doubling. Mm-hmm. Sam has some hallucinations. Uh, one yeah. that makes him get the burnt hand again. Never really explained why he's having. I think there's a clue. Okay, go ahead. When Gertie confesses that, remember how. There was a, what do you remember when you came here? Oh, I remember there was a crash when we landed and you had to run some tests. And Gertie says, yeah, that's a lie. That's our standard protocol because sometimes there's mental or neurological defects in the clones. And we do that to to test their mental faculties. Right, 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 right. So it's like a, it's like an echo. Yeah. I think it's supported by the idea that clearly these clones are imperfect copies and they're not viable long-term. Seems to be about three years is all you get out of a clone, right? Yeah, because Berthand Sam is starting to die, in essence. He Oh, he's, yeah. But there's no explanation. It's not from the crash. Nope. When he gets into the fight with Sam 2, he, Sam 2 is shocked. He punches him. It looks like he breaks his nose, but it's not that. He's just you know, a relative single punch and he's bleed gushing bleeding. Yeah. And then it Oof. some really good practical makeup. I mean, they make Sam One look really bad as he's dying. Ooh. Yeah, it's rough. Where am I? After he wakes up from crashing the rover because he hallucinates that there is a uh Person Tess, in yeah. the which I don't know. I don't care how far gone I am in like isolation. I think I would go. Nope, that can't be there. <laughs> Focus right. on the giant harvester in front of me. Yep. After he wakes up, he notices as he's walking through. After uh, Gertie does all the tests on him, he notices the doors are locked, and he's just kind of like, "Huh, that's 
Yeah. And I know Duncan Jones gets a lot of shit for Warcraft. I never saw it, but I understand it's terrible. I mean, if you were a big fan of the game, then you understood what was happening. Is that the problem? It's not accessible? Yeah. And even if you were a fan of the game, I think it's... It's pretty like dense, yeah, yeah. But in a lesser director's hands, sure. I feel like Burnt Hand Sam would have asked Gertie right then, been like, uh, "Why are these doors locked?" But you see him mentally check he, it, like he notices, okay. yeah, yeah. He notices and he knows it's weird, but he's like, "You know, I'm not going to touch it right now." There's a couple of key points of conflict in the story. One is the fact clearly that he's a clone, and we get these breadcrumbs throughout suggesting. The other one is this other idea that's central that we get breadcrumbs is that there's more to the base than what Sam is seeing. And and just right. those little, like, the the red triangle, the door's locked, is just enough to tell us he hasn't seen everything. Well, the door locked is the door outside. So it's because, oh, this isn't Burnt Hand Sam. That's why. Oh, right. We're dealing with Agro Sam right now. Uh, yes. Yes, that's, yeah. That's right. Okay, this is where it gets confusing. Sorry. So... Agro Sam notices it and checks it. That's the door to the other rover. That's why that's locked. Gertie has been told. Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's both the rovers are in the same place. Well, no. One rover is still out in the by the harvester. Yeah, but I mean, like they had the same. They were parked next to each other. Yeah, that's the door to there because oh, he has to trick. That's right, he has to trick Gertie into letting him outside with the yeah. That's right. That, oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, when Agro Sam wakes up for the first time. Gertie's on a live feed talk with Benedict Wong and uh, what's the other actor's name? Uh, Matt Berry. Matt Berry. Of course, it's the uh, Gertie was looking at porn. He quickly changes the channel. He's like, what? No, nothing. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Nothing wrong here. Yeah. He finally convinces, because he knows something's up, he convinces Gertie to let him to go out there and punctures a, what, what was that? Was that an air supply? Uh, it, no, I mean, it, it clearly sets off a, it's some kind of a gas. It clearly triggers an alarm, but nothing, it's oh, not right. a decompression. He doesn't have to go for like a gas mask. So it could be. <laughs> I love how nonchalant <laughs> uh, Sam is. Way there might be damage to the exterior shell. I think you better, you better let me go outside and take a look. There is no damage to the exterior shell. Well. It's not that I don't believe you, Gertie, but, I mean, you know, this thing is springing leaks like an acne fire hose. You need to let me go outside and fix this problem, Gertie. I can't let you go outside, Sam. Gertie, if you don't let me go outside, we can't fix this leak. I'm not permitted to let you go outside. Just, we'll keep it between you and me, okay, pal? It's one of those moments that no one could sell that as well as Sam Rockwell does. No one else can do the mildly irritated trying to stay cool, hey, everything's fine, like one Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, they got top talent. He's such a great actor, and he's so good in it. Uh, You know, right before that happens, there's a really, really cool part that I thought was really interesting, and it's... um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's after that. Okay, right, right. So Sam 2 goes to the rover crash under the tread of the miner, the mining mm-hmm. machine, finds a body. How calm was he? This is, in a different way, a Star Trek moment. Like, uh, I, I always talk about it, and the guys on The Greatest Generation talk about it, too, that, like, there should be more 
holy shit moments in yeah, Star Trek. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone is so calm about big, huge things. Like we've just discovered warp 10. Oh, we discovered warp 10. Like, holy shit, we discovered warp 10. Is, is Never it, happens. Oh, it's uh, Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black. There's always an alien battle cruiser or a Karelian death ray or an intergalactic plague that's about to wipe out life on this miserable little planet. The only way these people get on with their happy lives is they do not know about it. Like, it's very much that, like, okay, well, there's a body here in this crash site. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I, I cleared off the mist, and oh, and it's, it's me. me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. When he comes back, I, usually you're the person, I'm not suggesting you didn't notice it, but usually I'm not aware of what is happening from a camera perspective. Okay. Other than the, and I don't even think, it didn't even come up in our Battlefield Earth discussion, the ridiculous number of Dutch angles. The entire movie is shot in Dutch angles. I didn't want to mention it because fuck that movie. That's right. That's right. After Sam 2 gets this suspicion, well, so he says... He's looking after the harvesters. Harvesters are fine. It's the fact that I'm here talking to a clone that's slightly troubling. (laughs) I'm not a clone. I'm not a clone. You're the clone. Uh Uh-huh. He starts looking for hidden compartments... At that point, the camera, it's a handheld camera following him through as he's almost frantically looking. And I was like, oh, what a great use of, I noticed the fact that the camera was unsteady and shaking Mm -hmm. and not like clean and smooth, which perfectly matched his tone there where he's like. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And just, I never noticed that. I noticed that and thought, oh, that was really smart. That That worked really well. I believe it already happened. I made a note. I think, yeah, I did. Um, so when Sam is like, oh, I only got two weeks left, and he starts writing on the stall, yeah, putting yeah. little smiley faces. Did you notice right below it, there were smiley faces that had been wiped away? And I was like, uh-oh, somebody forgot to wipe it clean between takes. No, it's just from a previous Sam. Yeah, yeah, because we only see him draw like four. Next time we come back, there's like... Six rows of yeah. 10 or 12 each. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, you know, question for you. Answer for you. Forget the fact that he finds a body in the rover crash, which should have <laughs> freaked him the fuck out, but doesn't. His quarters, not his bunk, but the latrine, the, the commode. Yeah. It's just in the corner of, of the room. Even if you're the only person on the moon. I'd like a door in between where I shit and where I sleep. Yeah, yes. 100%. I'm not okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not shitting in the open. Yeah, that's when they lost me in the fantasy of being on the moon. I was like, I don't want to shit and then like go <laughs> to bed. Right. That's right. For yeah, fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. Like a room in between or at least like. At least a divide. Gertie's coming in saying, hey, um, do you want chili for dinner tomorrow? No, Gertie, I'm shitting. Please leave me alone. And you- yeah, I'm, I'm shitting up yesterday's that's chili. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, um, so I like when uh, Burnhand Sam then goes to eat. This is your first little clue something's wrong with him, and he gives him the the meal. Would you like some hot sauce on your beans? He's like, no, I'm, my tummy's a little. And I'm like, oh, something's something's the, wrong with Sam. The, His tummy shouldn't the be hurting. Copy is imperfect. He, I, yeah, it's starting to break down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that progression. Um, and at the very beginning, when Sam 2 wakes up, and or after he brings Sam 1 back, there's a couple scenes, not for a long period of time, but there's a short period of time where you really got to look to see, does he have the cut on his eye or the wound on his hand? Um, it gets a little bit easier to watch 
as he begins to break down more and more. But it also gets harder to watch. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, get this man some oh, medical yeah, attention. He does not look good in any way, in any way. Surprisingly low tech, but so effective. So the makeup job that we get for Sam one when he vomits up the blood and stuff. I mean, it's not a huge special effect, but done really well. I mean, it's uncomfortable. And one of the things I love about this movie is this space looks real and lived in. Right. The exterior is dusty. Mm-hmm. The interior looks like space where he would live. Like his yeah. bunk, you know, looks. It's just. It's not the sterile. It's not a dig on Star Trek. But, you know, sometimes Star Trek is very sterile looking. On purpose, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, not that. I really enjoyed, there's that spot on Gertie where he can put his coffee cup. Yes. And there's yes. just coffee galore. He's like, a slob, yeah. Dude, clean Gertie off. <laughs> That's right. Is it? Is that too much to ask? Yeah. I know he's, it's just a machine. It's. Uh, would you consider Gertie AI or just a high-functioning computer? Um. I would say AI. Okay, but low-end AI. because Well, I, I mean, it's clearly designed for a purpose, but Sam, too, is able to get Gertie to reconsider his position. Yeah. Oh, that's right? true. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we see evidence that Gertie is thinking about things. You know? Yeah, that's true. Hey, you want to play some ping pong? The ping pong scene. Who could have done that better than Sam fucking Rockwell? I, you know... That's another place where I almost see, you see it there, you see it when they get into the fist fight. I think accentuating the idea that these clones are not perfect copies, it's almost like a Xerox, right? Like Mm -hmm. random noise gets introduced into the signal and everyone's a little bit different. I thought a little bit of... Multiplicity? Multiplicity, right? Like they've all got different aspects, right? Uh Because Sam One is chill, right? Like he's a peaceful warrior, couldn't hurt a fly. But two things with that is sam prime let's call him sam prime because we hear him later when sure yeah when yeah, yeah. sam goes out to the I, thing were all the recorded messages from when they were doing the cloning process like figuring out how to clone him and then they did all those messages and maybe oh maybe yeah. that's what they cut out be like i know you're at this cloning facility well that's gotta go that can't sure. be sure you know um and i'm wondering if maybe because uh uh, well, what's it? What's his wife's name? Eve. Tess. Tess. Eve is his daughter. Eve's the daughter. Tess says, "You know, you gotta, you really gotta work on that anger." Yeah. I'm wondering if he was an angry person and worked on it, so therefore, one clone is Zen Master and one one one's Jedi, one Sith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, I think great sci-fi leaves room for questions sure. and interpretations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is exactly that. I, I see it more as like that variation between just the there's some level of chaos in that process. It's yeah. not an exact, you know, like quantum mechanics almost, right? Like you can't sure. observe the exact state of a particle, you know, it's ever changing. So, but either way, I mean, I think they're both, they both work, right? It's how you. Oh, yeah. None of it doesn't work for me. I'm just wondering if that's the reason. Cause you also notice as the movie progresses, aggro Sam. Is not as aggressive, and he's more caring towards Burnhand Sam. Yeah, so they reach a point where uh, the corporation, which you know was shades away, like if if it was almost the what's the one from the uh, Wayland? What's the one from Alien? Wayland Utani. Wayland Utani, right? I'm like, oh, it's definitely echoes of that. Um, yeah, there's this moment where I was convinced that Sam too was going to double-cross Sam 1. Absolutely. Right? Like, 
I'm like, oh no, Lunar Industries is sending a rescue team to fix the mining machine. Eliza, which is... Eliza, yeah. It's got some sort of... Emergency... No, but but Eliza is some sort of mythology thing. I can't remember. I I Mm. saw it in the notes. I was like, oh, it's interesting. And obviously, I didn't retain it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So... They're sending a crew to fix the mining machine. Sure. At that point, Sam, too, recognizes if they get there and they see two Sams awake, they're both fucked. Uh So he hatches a plot where they discover, you know, he's convinced there's a secret compartment. There is. Sam 1 finds it beneath the incineration chamber, these tunnels. I mean, there was clearly room for dozens Hundreds, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah, right. And did you notice when they pulled the one out, it had his the hat, shirt. it had his shirt, it had yeah, the, yeah, because it gets incinerated every time. It's the Sam Bell starter kit, right? Oh, man, yeah, 100%. oh man, that is fucking wild. So Sam 2's plan is that he's going to, they're going to awaken the a new clone, mm-hmm. dump that clone in the rover. Sam 2 will stay on the base, you know, pretending to be a clone that doesn't know better. And Sam 1 will get into this um, photon torpedo that gets launched back towards the Earth. Back to the Genesis planet. That's right. That's right. Oh, wait. No, Um, sorry. That's something else. Yeah, but during that whole thing, I'm watching because Sam 2 was showing a lot of empathy towards Sam 1 at that point, which was yeah, seemed like a shift. Yeah, my spidey stance super tingled at that. I was like, yeah, he's got to double cross him. I was happy that he didn't. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The outcome is what we thought it was going to be with the double cross, but it's not because of a double cross. It's because they realize Burnham Sam way too sick. Yeah. Did you feel? And he like, says he says you should go. You should you go because you're the healthy model, and yep. so I'm guessing that means he's got three good years, and then he'll start deteriorating. Sure. Oh, 100 percent. So they go and put him back in the uh, the rover. Mm-hmm. And did it seem like he died? No, he wakes up. I know. That's what I'm saying. At that point, I was like, uh, my note is, Burnham Sam dies. His one eye opens as we see Sam 2, like, going up out of the... He's, like, pulling back oh, out of frame. I missed that part. Okay. I, it flickers. I rewound it because I wanted to make sure it wasn't, like, a reflection. He's alive when Sam 2 leaves him. And when Agro Sam launches off, he opens his eyes. And he went, opens his eyes. Wait, yeah. he's alive? I, yeah, yeah. Okay. You can see it. If you look at that moment, he looks at him, but he's so resigned to his fate. And I think it's because, you know, his death isn't a pretty one, right? Like he's, oh, he's not I, slipping I, away gracefully. None of it is pretty. Did you, did you notice that Burnham Sam barfed in his helmet? Yeah. He, he threw up the blood when they were both out in rovers trying to get beyond the range of the jamming signal. Gross. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And also... Yeah. Well, um, from wait, that moment can I, on, can I address oh, sure. Hollywood directly? Uh, which camera should I look in? Uh, which one? That one right there. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, dear Hollywood, <laughs> please stop showing actors spitting something out of their mouth to simulate vomiting. Stick their head in there, have them go, and we'll know exactly what's happening. We don't need to <laughs> fucking true. see stuff come out of someone's mouth. Or if you want to do the tube thing, like 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 in uh, the Exorcist Saturday Night Live. or Saturday Live, I'm fine with that because it's obvious what's going on. When right. you have an actor holding it in their mouth and then they spit it out, I I want to vomit, and you don't want me to vomit. You want me yeah. to continue watching your movie. Uh, how okay. bad was it when he throws up when he spits out the tooth? Oh, I thought yeah. that was good. So at first I'm like, oh, it's like a tracking device, and then like split second, that's what it was, and I went. 
Oh, it's because he's really fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in case you didn't get it from the age-old Hollywood adage, if you're coughing up blood, your time is limited. When you start (laughs) losing teeth, that's when you've really got little time left. Also not a good sign. So I got one question that I think is an interesting idea. Okay. Never gets explored. So... Gertie is, at first I thought he was just the robot. That's just one of its extensions. He is the base. Right. But there's a number of times when a feminine voice makes an announcement. The the countdown to the Eliza team, incoming messages. Why is there a different voice making that? It's the same reason that the New York City Transit, it's a male voice for instructions and a female voice for countdowns. Because the men That's, lead and the women. <laughs> I'm not saying it's more. right, but that's right, probably yeah. why they do that. If you've ever listened on the subway, if it is a next stop, yeah, it is a woman's voice. If it is, please stand clear of the doors, any kind of thing like that that's pre-recorded, it's a man's voice. And it's fucked. <laughs> now, the they may have that- changed it with all the updating that they've done. But when I lived in New York, that's what it was. And I was like. Got it. Wow. That is ridiculous. Okay. I'm thinking it's that or the female voice for that is coming from Eliza. Like Eliza is, oh, is timing like how long outbound. it has. Yeah but, yeah, but it's not just the Eliza. It's also uh, when the messages come in, it's the same voice. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I just, I wondered. Because they couldn't get Kevin Spacey to record this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wondered for a split second, like, is Sam the latest generation of clones? Was Gertie's voice like an earlier? I mean, again, it doesn't Ooh. go anywhere, right? But we do actually have a pretty interesting timestamp. I think Sam won, or in your case, Burton Hand Sam. Yeah. The first one we see. Mm-hmm. I think he is the fourth clone. Oh no! I think there's way more than. Well, it's a, well because yeah, I guess. The, because Eve is on a pre-recorded message and she's three, three, four, okay, maybe five. Sure. Yeah. When he gets beyond the range of the jamming, you're he does right. The live call, he gets she's the fifteen-year-old. Okay. Yeah. So with three-year lifespans, that's four clones. Yep. So. I'll be honest with you. I was actually a little bit disappointed there because I thought it would have been more epic if if that was 80 years, if he was like the 25th clone or something. You know what I mean? And the whole supercut of all the other clones before him doing all that footage and, you know, getting in the tube seemed like they should. Maybe it was just so Duncan knew that we saw it, but there seemed like a lot of clones got in the tube and then got incinerated. I think we only see two or three, two or three max. Yeah. I think it, we see it a couple of different times in different angles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I, might be fair. That's what makes it confusing. But yeah, okay, you're right. There is the timestamp of 15. It, yeah, and, and she's not a newborn when that first one. So it's mm-hmm. it's definitely a, a fixed period. But I mean, minor quibble for me, but not enough to no, not enough, not enough to hurt the movie at all. It gives him a reason. I mean, I thought it was cool that we never saw Sam Prime. Right, because he would be he would have to be older. Yeah, and then that would really, you know, that would really kind of lock it. I mean, like, her age locks it in, but it's, uh, it was just great. It's just the great kind of thing if you don't have to show everything. That call was great. 
Um, <laughs> though, 15-year-old, she says at the beginning, Could you call back? There's something wrong with the picture. And he keeps asking questions. And I'm like, yeah, creepy voice on this video call. I'm done. When he says honey and starts asking about mommy, yeah. I was we're, like, why is she not hung up? How did mommy die, sweetheart? Fuck you. Yeah, that, that whole scene's great. Uh, Burnt Hand Sam lets Agro Sam know everything's going on. We are clones. Yeah. This is, you know, Tess is dead. Yep. All of that. Um... Agro Sam starts watching video logs yep. from Burnham Sam and uh, Gertie. It's kind of like every three years we boot yeah. up a new one of you. Yeah, very transparent there, which feels like a gap in his program. Like, I, I feel like Gertie actually should have had like the HAL circuit like to protect that knowledge. It feels like a bit of sloppy programming, unless they figure they know that these clones just do not make it. And like, it doesn't really matter. Like maybe Gertie had told one. Uh, oh, no, because they're all they all say in their video logs, "I'm going home." So I don't think it's yeah. Ever they been. think they're going home. Yeah. Well, maybe it's uh, Mitchell's versus the machines. The machines don't know what a pug is. Is that a dog or dog? Pig. Dog. Pig. Dog. Pig. Dog. Pig. dog. Loaf of bread. System error. With two clones there, maybe it fucks with his. Matrix, maybe there's still a Sam. It's so yeah, maybe or just the fact that he's got two Sams to deal with. Maybe it's too much for his processing, and he that's why he lets that go. Oh, makes it sure, sure, okay. It's a it's a flaw in the programming. They didn't think to program uh, him to have to deal with two. What happens if there's (laughs) two Sams? Yeah, yeah. Commander. Where are we? We seem to be stuck in an alternate dimension. And you're no longer a captain, you're a commander. Commander. Dear God, are you a lieutenant? And why are you talking like that? Oh no, I don't I don't know why I'm talking like that. But no, I seem uh, to have no rank. Only the title of Doctor? I don't think there are admirals either. Captain! I mean Commander, I mean. Look, Casey, we are getting a message. It seems we have been tasked with reviewing a historical document entitled Galaxy Quest? Then there's no moment to spare. Engage! I, I, I don't think um, Night Shift Radio Legal has cleared usage of engage, so you might want to just oh. dial that back there. So. All right. Well, then, I guess it's up to us to say, join us over on the Where No Mom Has Gone Before podcast as we review 1999's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Mom! Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. 
in the end, like we said, Berthand Sam realizes his time is ending. He says that Agro Sam should go. Right before he launches, he goes up to the computers and he's typing away. And obviously, you know, from the voiceover we get, as Eliza lands, uh, Agro Sam launches off and he's heading towards Earth. And then as we see the modular going towards Earth, we get all these newscasts. What Agro Sam has done is released all of this information. It's a clone. All this, and like you hear, like what are the rights? All this stuff, and that's how the movie pretty much ends. Is on this, what the corporation is going to have to deal with. Yeah, with it seems like human cloning is still legal in twenty thirty five, and maybe it's one of those loopholes. It's illegal in every nation that has laws, and they were in international waters, or in this case, international space, right? Like, but if there's any doubt that. Lunar Industries is an evil corporation. Here's how we know it's not. Mm-hmm. The guy, the the or the lead, well, we only see one rescue, quote unquote, rescuer from Eliza that opens up the cockpit to the rover. And what does he have in his hands? A rifle. Oh, yeah. You don't, there is no reason for a weapon in non-Star Trek space, right? Like there's no, there's no need for a weapon. That tells us that this corporation that tells us everything we need to know about Lunar Industries. Yep. So that guy probably shoots Burnham Sam right then and there. Uh, no, he closes. They close. He closes the hatch. He's like, okay. Oh, just lets him yeah. die. Slowly. Oh, well, he's like, oh yeah, he's a goner. And then, and then you oh, hear the transmission. Fucked. He's like, okay, so let, we need to get this tread repaired. Like, then it's like, yep, there's the body we expected. Closes it up and then starts focus on repairing the. The mining machine, which is clearly why they're there. Um, one giant mistake in the movie. Sure. So Eliza lands right in front of where the rovers would go out, right? Yes. And then Agro Sam launches out of the back. Then we get a shot, an establishing shot over the base with it going up. What's not there? Fucking Eliza. <laughs> this oh. mammoth thing is just gone. Oh, I didn't even I recognize like, that. Ooh, now maybe it was, you know, I'm sure someone out there, like, it's a different angle, but I didn't see it at okay. all. It oh, lands right in front of the rover doors. In the, right in front of the garage, right? Right in front of the garage, yeah. Which, uh, rude. Don't don't park in someone's driveway carport. right in front it's of It's a their... carport because there's no front to it, right? It's clearly a carport. Yeah. <laughs> it's a car hole. That's right. And, uh... And movie. God damn it. That was a good fucking movie. That's a good movie. It's a good watch. Andrew, thank you very much for putting this on the list. This was great. And again, I I love that it kind of subverts the expectation of what good science fiction is, that it has to be huge and CGI. And and, um, that's a phenomenal science fiction movie. 100%. 100%. And it's not, it's not even just a phenomenal science fiction movie. It's just a really good, yeah. well-done movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I saw Warcraft in the theaters and walked out of there going, what the fuck did I just watch? Cannot believe that's the same director and writer. Cannot believe it. Uh, which, which can't you believe more? That it's the same writer and director or that uh, he's David Bowie's offspring? Uh I just can't believe that the wiki page buries that lead. That's what I can't believe. You know, I didn't, I didn't scan. Yeah, I, he was I, on. I went to the wiki page to get his <clears throat> other credits, you know, to, to say what he'd done and clearly did not see the David Bowie reference. Yeah. He was back when I listened to um, Nerdist podcast, oh, yeah. speaking of garbage people. Um, <laughs> they, um, 
uh, Chris was talking with Duncan. He had him on for World of Warcraft, or not World of Warcraft, but Warcraft. Warcraft and they yeah. talked about Moon a little bit and all this stuff. And, you know, and they mentioned, he's like, and, you know, your father being so famous. And that's when I, I'm like, who is Duncan Jones's father? Holy what the shit. F- yeah, exactly. <laughs> they didn't say yeah. it in the, in the episode. They no, weren't. No kidding. Chris, Chris was always kind of weird about that, not mentioning that. Not name dropping. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. Oh, no, he would name drop. But if it was the guest, oh, but not, he yeah, wouldn't yeah, do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. He loved name dropping. Yeah. Um, so right. we got some questions. We do. Here at the end of this episode. Oh, these are some tough ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first one's pretty easy. Well, no. Well, no. Who was your favorite character? Uh, I think so. It's a toss-up for me. It's Sam 1 because I find him to be strangely sweet and innocent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you feel for him. But there's a lot I like about Sam too. You know, I mean, he's he's bold and he takes action. But at the end, for me, you know, I feel warmer towards Sam. One, how about you? It's going to be aggro, Sam, because you get you get the best of Sam Rockwell. You get that gruff, you know, like you saw Charlie's Angels, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the most amazing villain reveal of that time period. Where he's like this sweet, innocent, doofy. And I'm like, oh, it's the guy from Galaxy Quest. He's so sweet. And, oh, my God, he's the bad guy. I, I mean, and, 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 you know, after he ties up Drew Barrymore, it's like, all right, I'm going to go uh, torture and kill your boss now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I know we've talked about it. I can't remember if you said you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen the Gene Hackman movie Heist? No. I, you know what, man? That's a that's a that's like a Saturday night after the family's gone to bed and you feel like watching something that you really want to think about and focus on. Mm-hmm. Put that. I mean, it's Gene Hackman, Delroy Lindo, Sam Rockwell, Danny DeVito, Ricky Jay. It's a phenomenal cast. Is that the one with um, Brando? No, that is the score, which the was score. the movie with De Niro and Edward Norton. That's you know funny. how Hollywood likes to make two movies at the same time. There's sure do heist and the score came out like. Same year or, or very well. Close. Brando, uh, you know who directed the score, right? Uh, no, I do not. Frank Oz. Oh, no kidding! Interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, Brando refused to be uh, polite in any way. Called what? him Miss Piggy all the time. What an and asshole. refused to wear pants. <laughs> oh, could, I'm like, what a dick! What, what a, an absolute dick! Yeah, yeah. Oh, good lord! Okay, uh, Oz, huh? best scene. Hmm. Oh, wait, that's you. I'm sorry. Hey, you asked that. Yeah. Hey, Casey, what was the best huh. scene? Uh, it's the ping pong game. Uh, it's peak Sam Rockwell. Sh- I mean. Uh, so I would say for the same reason, but a different scene, peak Sam Rockwell is the fist fight. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's it's Sam Rockwell all yeah, the way down. Yeah, like, yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> both figuratively and with the underground bunker, literally. literally. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, hey, what's one scene you would cut? Uh, nothing, nothing. And again, where there's gaps, I think they're intentionally leaving spaces because we don't know. And it's not bad screenwriting or lazy screenwriting. Yep. It's intentional. We'd like you to have a conversation when you finish this movie. Uh, agree. So, hey, how, look, how we did you? that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, any scene um, you would cut? I would just cut seeing Sam throwing up. I just I didn't need that at all. We we get a shot of his ass. Clearly, he did not go to the gym. 
Like he he didn't have vanity about I got to go to the gym. Yeah, it's like, Sam Rockwell. You got he some muffin top there. Like it's you know he's but uh, yeah yeah. Um, hey Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? It's Sam Rockwell. Uh, yeah, listen, simply it, because it's like, clearly he's he's getting to do everything right. Like, but Sam Rockwell. I mean, you know that little dance that Justin does before he does yeah, the um, yeah. That's, that's Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell's. Da- Sam Rockwell doesn't seem like one of those people that when he's playing the tortured character, he like takes it home you, and he's all. You think he's like he Heath can, Ledger is the Joker? He can turn it on and off, and I think he is having a fucking blast making this movie. Okay, I I don't disagree with that. I I just think I think the logistics must have been challenging. You know, shooting every oh sure anything where you're playing a double has got to yeah. be challenging. And but the makeup, I, I think, but yeah, I think I think he. I mean, I mean, who else are we going to choose? <laughs> I, I, I mean. I don't want to give it to Kevin Spacey just on principle. No, fuck him. Yeah, so I guess okay, sure, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, why not? Listen, he if nothing else, he gets it for the volume of work he did here. Twice the yeah, fuck <laughs> twice yeah, twice the work. Yeah. Um, all right, so Casey, that all important question we both said at the top a seven point nine, way too low. What do you think? Reverse it. Nine point nine point seven. Yeah, fuck yeah. I was gonna say great. I was gonna say nine point but it, clearly in the nines. But this is a great movie. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand people that rated it low. Yeah, those people are butts. That's right. Uh, Dad's breakdown. No, it's too too heady. Too because of the age of your oldest of child, my, my yeah, youngest child. Because of the age yeah. of of the bean. Yeah, that's they they would not be able to. Uh, Hold their attention with it. So teenage me, and I mean like literally 13-year-old me, you know, reading sci-fi, consuming everything I could get. Oh, my God. I would have loved this movie. So, sure, you know, it, it, it's only about it, – it is very much a thinking person's movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if your child is not doing that with movies, then it's not the right movie for them. But right. nothing really objectionable. The, the blood is disturbing. It's meant to be disturbing. The clones breakdown is – yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But, um, yeah. But otherwise, it's it's just more about I think the the maturity to understand what's happening and think through. Sure. It. No, no, there's no content that I, I mean we objectionable. Let, yeah. Yeah. We let the bean watch uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> Those I, aren't I want, pillows. I want a fucking car. Yeah. A fucking Datsun. <laughs> that's a fucking. Right. <laughs> that's right. Do you have your ticket? Uh, threw it away. Look what I oh. just got uh, because <gasps> I've heard about it and can't, and have heard such wonderful things and have never read it before. Okay. I don't know if you can get see. my glasses on. I have not read it, but I listened to it. Oh, d- uh, did he do the? Uh, so it's Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. Did he do the audiobook? He must have, right? He does the audiobook, and not only that, in between some of the chapters, there are some of his stand up, and it Come is. Come on. Delightful. Oh, that's so good. It's a good book. It's really wild ride, and it's so rare because I, uh, his big thing now is uh, art collection. Sure. And he will stand there and talk to you about art collection till the cows come home. You mentioned Saturday Night Live. You mentioned his stand up. He's not interested. You mentioned, yeah. He'll literally either walk away from the conversation, or you can just just glazes over. He's like. It's not my life anymore. So yeah. for him to do a memoir and go back into those stories, it's it's a really good book. Um, so I am a fan of Howard Stern, um, especially Oops. yeah, uh, especially his interviews, which I think he's one of the best interviewers in the business. Um, 
He, no, not Joe, not Joe Rogan. Not Joe Rogan. He lists Steve Martin is, I think, his like number one comedy inspiration. And he told yeah. a story one time about meeting him, I think, on a plane or something. And he said Steve Martin was so gracious and so wonderful. And and this was before Howard had like mellowed. And to hear that kind of mellow gushing was really cool. But yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well. Listen, so this is the end of season three of Patreon. Our first season of Patreon, yeah. we did holiday-themed movies. Second <clears throat> season, we came back with a very interesting idea that was yours, that was, oh, you haven't seen that? Yeah, this, this was your your babies. Yeah, best and the worst. Uh, and then keeping up the tradition of trading off, you came up with a great idea. What's our next season of Patreon going to be? Well, we, we hinted at it a bunch during the first couple episodes of this, talking about doing uh, reboots. Yep. But uh, we talked last time, and it won't make the episode, but we, we talked about this in that I don't want to have to watch originals of some of these movies because they <laughs> might be terrible. That's I mean, right. We've watched enough terrible movies this year. That's right. So what we're going to do... Uh, is we're going to do movies, not movies that made us, because that is a podcast and we don't want to get podcast sued, uh, <laughs> movies that formed us. Sure. How about, sure. let's call it that. So we'll do... Ah, movies that say, shaped us. How about shaped? Shaped, up, shaped, formed. Yeah. But let's do from like age six to 18, 12 year span. Oh, okay. All that's right. really because that's like your sweet spot of learning what movies are. Let, let's I do think. this. Let's do this. Let's be. I, 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 I'm okay with a, some flexibility in the ages, but let's let's watch. We'll, so we'll alternate. Let's oh, yeah. watch like we like we did. Yeah. Let's watch like a movie we loved as a kid, as a young teen, and then approaching adulthood like that. Mm-hmm. So. Wherever that fits, I'm I'm cool oh with boy. the ages, but yeah, that's a great idea. Now, we've seen hints of this, right? Like our birthday picks the last couple of years, we've picked superhero movies that were already in the list, already on Thor's sure. helmet, that that kind of you know had nostalgia. So we're not picking those. Obviously, we're not going to pick stuff no. that's in the helmet. But no, there's a lot of other places where we can go with that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I've got my three movies already, by the way. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, oh, I know one. Oh, maybe two. Maybe oh. two. Uh, oh, they're both from around the same time. I'm going to have to think which one I like more. Uh, but that's a great idea, man. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be another great season of Patreon. Yeah, man. Uh, and while we're talking about the fact that we're here on Patreon, hey, dear Special Army, thank you. Uh, dear special army, special. fuck yep. that. I was going to thank dear go. special forces. You uh, thank you so much for giving us your patronage and uh, you know supporting this side so, kind of side project yeah. to the main feed of doing movies that don't count in the helmet. You, you know, uh, first of all, I'll agree a hundred percent. I think we also have some real gratitude towards our uh, podcast. Our our host network, so Night oh, Shift yeah. Radio. I was, get, I was getting to oh, that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I had more to say. Sorry, please, please, Casey. What else were you thinking? I had a whole like speech planned. Damn it! <laughs> sorry. Um, no, that's fine. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, it it shows that uh, you not only like superhero movies, but that you like us. Oh. That you want to give money. <laughs> 
to hear really us like talk us. about stuff. Yeah. You really like it? No, you know, Patreon, that's what I feel like, yes, the money helps us do things like get the mics that we use. And, you know, we've got something special planned for nerd debate. <laughs> that's right. Um, which, which by the way, I need you to, to send oh, that over. Sure, sure. Because you've got the funds. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, it shows that you actually like what we do. Not because you, I, I don't ever look at it as like you're giving us money. You're showing us that you like our banter, our friendship, how we interact with each other by going the extra mile. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> that was you, not me. <laughs> am I, am I, oh, good. <laughs> that was the, uh, I hit the, oh no. I hit the cord oh, to my no. headphones and the whole box just fell. Yikes. Like, yeah. No, oh, luckily I you're fried it all. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. And as you were saying. <laughs> well, uh, and as we appreciate our listeners and members of our Patreon, we also appreciate the folks who have given us a new home at Night Shift Radio. Now, this summer, Night Shift Media. Yeah. Oh, listen, I got to say it now. And I know it's so late. Another little breadcrumb. How cool was it? What's the black and white show that Sam's watching uh, at Bewitched. one point where they had multiple Darrens, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a great, I mean, yeah. Duncan, Sorry. Duncan Jones, late, wonderful late, job on this movie. No, 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 that's, that's great. I'm sure there's got to be, and then he's watching Mary Tyler Moore, and there's got to be, I'm, there, it's not an accident that he's watching it. I just yeah. didn't catch that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good question. So our you know Patreon listeners, if you got a theory, why Mary Tyler Moore? Why? What's significant there? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's it for Patreon this season. Yeah. Yeah. We fucking did it. <laughs> so while we're thanking everybody, let's take a moment to thank the the. Two guys that give us some great music. So our theme yeah. song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. That pause you put, I was like, oh, God, did we lose the feed? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, I was like, looking down. Yeah. I was like. <gasps> <laughs> um. If you want, you know what? No, we don't need no, they, any socials they, on this one. I keep forgetting. Yeah, yeah they, you're yeah. following us. Thank yeah. you for Thank following us. Thank you for us. following us. Yeah. Uh, oh, one thing I would ask: Special Forces, go on to Apple Podcast, give us a good review, give us those five stars. That really helps drive traffic to the podcast and uh, the entire network as a whole. Yeah. Um, so if you could do that for us, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. That's right. Uh, and if you've and, already uh, done that, tell a friend. You know, tell a get, friend. Get them to listen and leave a review. And they'll tell a friend. <laughs> That's right. And, and they'll, they'll tell, tell a friend. friend. Yeah. And another. And, okay. And another, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Todd. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so, that'll do it for the Super Pot Hero Cast for this season. Whoa. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Be, Be heroic. heroic. That was pretty close. That was we pretty were close. Almost yeah. right insane. <laughs>